And we are back, episode 14, little two-week break. Hope everyone had a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh, and a happy New Year. Alex, how was your holiday week? Uh, Christmas was uh, pretty good. Uh, New Year's, I was sick on New Year's Eve, so that kind of stunk. And then Michigan blew it in the college football playoff, so that made it even worse. So I'm sitting there, can't even breathe out of my nose, watching Michigan give up 51 points to TCU. That kind of stunk. But otherwise, everything was pretty good. And the Jets' season crumbled before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, I saw that coming. Kind of seen that coming for the last few weeks, so not too surprised about that, unfortunately. And let's hope that the devil's season is not crumbling before our eyes as well. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. I, I yeah. don't get that. Sense there was some it. encouraging play the last couple games, so yeah, uh, we'll get, we'll get in into all that. to that. Um, yeah. I think we're going to review the past two weeks' games. We'll touch on each game lightly. Then we have our three favorite segments, and then we have a special listener mailbag to wrap up the episode. Yeah, uh, lots. how many questions did we get today? Uh, so I didn't count them like off. I didn't go, but some of them were a little repeat. We got a couple questions about you know asking about some certain players, some trade deadline stuff. So it should be good. Fantastic. Yeah, Alex has seen the questions before uh, today's recording. However, I have not, so I will give you hot, fresh takes right out of the oven. <laughs> so here we go. All right, Alex. Um, let's start with the game on December 20th, the first game against the Hurricanes. Uh, unfortunately, I guaranteed a win in this one. And yeah, that's it, right. I forgot about that. It was anything but a win. Let's just say that. Uh, they got outplayed start to finish, I thought. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes looked like the best team in the NHL, and, and they showed it that night. Yeah, I didn't actually thought it was the opposite. I thought the Devils really outplayed Carolina, but uh, Coach Hedkoff stole one from uh, stole one that game. I mean, he was the reigning rookie of the month for December. So that's right. Yeah, now I'm looking at the. Sorry, it's been a while since this game uh, and a lot of beverages in between. But uh, (laughs) it looks like the Devils had 38 shots in goal and the Hurricanes 20. So yeah, it it seems like the, the the pace of play was dominated and and it constant theme through the past couple weeks the devil's just absolutely getting goalied yeah and i mean uh, well we're gonna touch about that in the the few games after that as well um but yeah i mean the devils played really well that game they just couldn't get one past coach chetkoff he kind of he's pretty unorthodox goalie style wise i don't really know how he makes the saves that he does but he does um and he's you really can, good you can you can reference alex's live tweets from that game just baffled by his goaltending yeah. style yeah he's just kind of like I, like obviously it works for him but and he's you can't hey, it stopped, the numbers. It, yeah. it stopped 37 to 38 that night yeah, I mean, and it keeps working, obviously, since he was Rookie of the Month. So, yeah, that was just one of the games where that was one of the few games where the Devils uh, had been kind of getting goalie during that stretch. And Coach, Hetch- Coach Chetkoff kept uh, going with that trend. And, uh, you know, that was one the Devils probably should have gotten two points for. I mean, Vanacek also had a bad game. That too. So it was really a uh, goalie. Uh, the goalie was the difference in that game. I think it was the Tara Vining goal. That I, was that the one he missed on the glove side, if I'm there remembering. Was, yeah, uh, if I remember the stats off the top of my head, he gave up like about, I think, a goal and a half above expected. So he should, probably should have stopped two Carolina's goals. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and and another concerning trait, you know, you, you, you give one up 
what, 20 seconds into the game? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, that's right. right. That was the one McLeod. The, uh, just Barry. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and we talked about this previously. First two minutes, last two minutes of every period, you gotta you got to button that up. And we've seen it consistently throughout this stretch and the past couple of weeks. We're just giving up these either really early goals or really late goals. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, obviously that was bad, the, the giving up the early goal there. But uh, as we'll get into, I think, that for the rest of the couple of weeks, they kind of have they've done well to limit the the late uh, the goals. They've even been scoring first too uh, a yeah. lot of the times, and then just not being able to hold on. Yeah, exactly. Which is what happened in the Boston game later that week. Um, so, but even yeah, yesterday just, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was just a tough one uh, against Carolina because they definitely deserved two points. If you look at the you know the infamous deserve to win meter, I'm sure that it probably heavily favored the devils in that game. So um, yeah, I mean, that's just a tough one. And Carolina's on an 11 game heater right now. So they were obviously weren't at that point at that time of the game, but they've been killing it and they definitely look like the best team in the NHL. Yeah, they do. So um, should we move on to the next one? Was there any, any other? Yeah, no, I think that covers it for Carolina. They just got gullied both ways. Yeah. Then we move on to the next night with the Florida Panthers, a team that's traditionally given the Devils uh, fits uh, the past couple seasons. But, um, you know, they had just done so like about what, five days ago, too? Exactly, exactly. And they were still, they were still after the main man, Nico. They still are upset about that, even after Barkov's comment saying Nico's not a dirty player. That was not a dirty play. Yeah. Um, Kachuk's just uh, you know what, so we'll just leave it at that. But yeah. uh, Brat scores twice in this one, uh, and they ended the six-game uh, losing streak. It was a big win. It was a gritty win. Um, you know they gave up the the lead early, but Jesper responded. Gave up the lead again. Jesper responded again, and then uh, our 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 new father on the team, Igor, uh, put this one away for us. Yeah, that was a huge game because they had to stop the bleeding then. Um, You didn't want to go into a two-game set with Boston without having a win in, what, six games? So that was big, getting two points there, especially since the Panthers. It kind of looks like they're not going to make the playoffs this season as things stand. Uh, They keep struggling. Um, So that was a game they had to win. And And then unprotected first. Yeah, that's looking real stupid right about now um and like frank saravalli was talking about it on the dfo rundown the friday before christmas like how the math is really against the panthers the second half of the season to make the playoffs and if you look at those standings right now it looks like it's going to be five teams from the metro and three from the atlantic so they're really screwed um but getting back to the devils um, yeah, that was a game that I thought they were playing pretty well too. And for, for whatever reason, Sergei Bobrovsky kind of just has their number. They were, they were having a little bit of trouble getting the puck past him. But um, that Brat goal, I think, well, was to start the third period to tie the game at two. Uh, it was one Bobrovsky definitely should have stopped. It kind of just went right through him. Um, and then after that, the Devils made sure that it, you know, they made sure they put the game away with Yegor's beautiful redirect. Now, you know, it was great that Igor got on the score sheet, but very concerning, over the past two weeks, he is the only forward in the bottom six to have scored a goal. Yeah. That that, that can't continue. That's that's very troubling. I mean, 
you, you even we'll get to it yesterday's game you had all the store stars score but you, you really need to get that bottom six production back up i mean it's almost like miles wood is non-existent anymore um i i mean i know nathan bastion's been out but that shouldn't just stop all bottom six scoring yeah, I think it's going to change with Andre Pilat coming back because it should move people down the lineup. Like, I could think you could start seeing Hala and Tatar on a third line together even when Pilat comes back, which maybe he might on Wednesday. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, getting three out of four this weekend was huge uh, because it was all their star players showing up and nobody on the bottom six. So, but, yeah, I think that's going to change with Pilat coming back and uh, – I think even now their scoring woes are starting to kind of lift a little bit. And so if pushing guys like that down in the lineup should help that even more. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Anything else you wanted to add from the Florida Panthers game? No, I mean, that was a huge win. They needed the two points there and uh, they got the job done. I think our listeners are uh, a little you know, curious as to what your thoughts were on the Kachuk action that after the second period. Or after, after the, the game, game even, after the game, a, yeah, like when after the, the game, after Tatar scored the empty net goal. I think yeah, what would you think about that? Yeah, I mean that was, I guess, a little bush league. Um, he did get a match penalty for it, right? Even though there was like only what thirty seconds or whatever, or a game misconduct, mm-hmm. not maybe not match penalty, but yeah, I mean, I think that was just frustration boiling over for the Panthers because they are where they are in the standings right now. They're not playing well, and. uh you know, I mean, from where they were last season on their Andrew Burnett, you know, 58 wins and President's Trophy winners, and now it doesn't even look like they're going to make the playoffs. That's a huge, huge turnaround. And I don't think Kachuk was expecting that when he ended up going to Florida. So I think it was just a little frustration boiling over, but still, he shouldn't have done what he did. Yeah, imagine trading away a 110-point player and a top-pair defenseman and thinking your team is going to get better. But who felt that? Yeah, well, I think the bigger thing here is maybe hiring Paul Maurice as head coach instead of Andrew Burnett too. I mean, and you know, the Devils have been benefiting from that so far. So Maybe Paul will look in the mirror like he did in Winnipeg and say, hey, the, the room's not listening to me anymore. I have a feeling they're paying him so much money that he's probably just going to be like, yeah, you know, maybe they're not listening to me, but I'm sticking around because they gave me a ton of money to coach when I didn't even really want to coach. So. And the weather's nicer down here than Winnipeg. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, all right. Let's move to the next Boston game. Um, yeah. This was December 23rd. My initial thoughts was they should have won this game. I thought they yeah. outplayed Boston. I thought they brought it. They outshot them 40-23. to 23. They won the face-off battle. They won the special teams battle. Um, basically, the only thing that they didn't win is Boston blocked a hell of a lot more shots, and you're going to have that when you're hemmed in your zone like they were. Uh, another stellar performance from Olmark, who in my eyes is probably the front runner for the Vesna right now, maybe yeah. him or Sorokin. Um, but... Like I, it, it was just unlucky. It was an unlucky game. I thought they played really well. They had high danger chances. They, for the most part, I thought contained Boston pretty well, except Boston just had a fantastic second period. Yeah. Um, I mean, the difference in that game was Mackenzie Blackwood versus Linus Ulmark. Uh, I mean, Blackwood just wasn't good. He gave up two goals above expected. Uh, I think that he should have definitely had the second pass knock one, I thought. Yeah, was that the one where he toe-dragged, right? Yeah, I know we made a big deal about it, but it wasn't even, like, it was top shelf, but it wasn't, like, pinpoint top shelf. It was definitely, yeah, looked, like, in a savable area. Position. Yeah, he was, yeah. Lockwood was out of position on that one. 
That was it was the I don't remember who scored the third goal for the Bruins Bruins too, but that was Well the third one so it was it was Patrice, double pass double pasta, and then Debrusque. Okay. So yeah, he, yeah, so he should have stopped. The Brusque had that late one again, another late period goal where yeah, instead of going yeah, into the third, that. it's 3 1 and now it's 4 1. So if it yeah, was 3 1, that's a hell of a game right there. Yeah, so um, the Debrusque goal, I mean, it did go short side. So, like, you maybe you could argue he should have stopped that one, but it was also a really bad play by, by Kevin Ball behind the net. Um, so kind Atrocious of- play. I mean, we'll yeah. get into Kevin Ball's performance this past two weeks, but he did not do himself any favors. Yeah, no, I agree 100% with that. Um, so, yeah, he put Blackwood in a bad spot there. But the, the second Pasternak, yeah, so Pasternak, he should have saved both of Pasternak's goal because the second one, uh, he kind of, like, made a bad play, um, rimming the puck around the boards, Blackwood, is that is, and he kind of handcuffed Severson, and then, like, Pasternak just kind of, like, flubbed the shot. Yeah. And Blackwood was, like, flopping around on the ground. I don't know what was going on there. And then, yeah, I don't, like, I thought it seemed like most people agreed that he should have stopped the toe drag goal um because he was just kind of out of position he like person i got like all of the blocker side available to him it wasn't really that difficult a shot he should have stopped those two um he kind of acknowledged in his post game press conference that he he fucked up too so. even rough even I, this he is did, one yeah. of the few times that rough actually individually called out a player and he did it in typical rough fashion not completely lambasting him but just say you know we need we need a better performance out of net yeah that's what i was gonna get to also like that rough usually is he for all the bad goaltending he's had under his tenure with the devils he usually doesn't criticize his goaltenders and it's not like he was even really harsh on blackwood in the postgame he just said there's probably a couple goals that he would have liked to have back and we need him to be better um um so yeah i mean that game really came and let's you know i mean they, i think they didn't they hit the pipe like three or four times yeah, too it was a little uh unlucky but that's just unlucky when you hit the pipe that often there's nothing more than that so but it was encouraging i mean that last was it five minutes when rough pulled the tendy let's let's call it five or six minutes he pulled it early um they got the two goals uh, pretty uh, actually, no, they didn't pull the tendy to get the goals, but they got the two goals pretty quickly. Uh, nine minutes left. Yeah, and then Tatar with the first one six, and then Sharon Govich. Yeah. yeah, six and seven. And the building was rocking. Like, let's go. We've got momentum. Here we go. And pulled yeah. the goalie, hit the pipe a couple times. Like, I, I really thought we were going to OT. Yeah, and they really shouldn't have even been going to OT. They should have just won the game in regulation. But, yeah, Linus Ulmark, a uh, couple of crazy saves, as he's been doing all season. He's been doing it to every team this season, so it's not like you can just say he was doing it to the Devils. Um, so, I mean, that was just another game where the Devils kind of got gullied both ways. And yeah. that's it is what it is, and that's how they headed into the Christmas break. And then... We went to the Christmas break and came back with Boston again on December 28th. And again, I thought they outplayed Boston for the majority of the game. Yeah. But Boston just capitalized on their goals, and that was it. I mean, we 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 tie it up with a gritty Nico goal. Fantastic pass from Fabian in the corner. Yeah. Um, you take the lead. You're feeling great. Like, let's go. Let's push. And then two minutes later... I mean, not two minutes, but you know, maybe nine minutes later, Patrice comes and gets that tip in, and that's that's that. Yeah, I thought I didn't think they played as well that Bruins game as they did the first time around. They were in the first period; they dominated the first period, and they just couldn't get one past Linus Olmark. And then Boston kind of just shut, not shut it down, but they did a good job of neutralizing the Devils' attack for the final, I guess, forty 
minutes really. They played Boston Bruins, Bruins hockey. That's like it was yeah. like trademark Boston Bruins hockey. Just yeah. veteran laid, heavy on the puck. Couldn't didn't allow the devil's speed to impact the game um, until maybe the last five minutes. Yeah, exactly. And um, you can't even blame the goaltending for the Devils. And now, and Vanacek came back. I he played really well. Yeah, he was going through a little bit of a rough stretch himself, and then that was kind of like his bounce back performance. Then uh, the Patrice Bergeron tip in. I mean, what do you do about that? That's just you know, classic Patrice. It's just like yeah, it's just a kind of like all world stuff. What are you gonna do about that? And I don't remember the Bruins first. Oh right, it was the bad play by McLeod, and then Trent Frederick. Uh, you know, I already, I, like I, I just, I was sitting there in the stands, just like, what are you doing? Yeah, he was on. I, he had. I don't think he realized he had a, as much time as he did, even though he kind of got like tripped and was on his knees. He, 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 I think he just trying to clear the puck and he sent it right into the center of the ice where Trent Frederick was there. He, but he had a lot more time than he probably thought he did. And it was or if he just played it down the boards out of the zone. Yeah, there was a lot more options he had to himself there than the one he chose. Uh, it was not a good play for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vanacek was really good that game. That was just more a game where I was like, ah, shit, the Devils shooting luck still hasn't really turned for the better here. So um, that was just a game where, you know, I mean, the Bruins are what they are for a reason. They have, what, like five or six losses total between overtime losses and regulation losses. So. But that was encouraging. Those two games, even though the Devils didn't come away with the wins, were encouraging because they played the Bruins. You could argue they were better than the Bruins for most of those two games. Uh, they just didn't get the result that they wanted, but it showed that they can hang with like the best teams in the league. So, like, yeah, I mean, out of those two games, I'd probably say they were bet- the better team in the Bruins game for maybe you know ninety out of the hundred and twenty minutes. Yeah, um, I thought. Even. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought they played really well. Uh, very encouraging. They didn't get run off the ice whatsoever. It's just. No. It, I hate to say. I hate to say it's bad luck, but it almost was bad luck. No, it is. Yeah, it yeah. is bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you, yeah. you, you, you came away from you know seasons past playing the Bruins. You're like, we didn't even deserve to be on the ice. Yeah, yeah. The only season they deserved to be on the ice with the Bruins was for whatever reason was the COVID shortened one where they actually had a winning record against the Bruins in the makeshift division. So, but yeah, otherwise they usually get killed. By yeah, the that that was the year with Blackwood uh, Blackwood's incredible save off the goal line. Uh, yeah, I think that was in the COVID shortened season, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that was the still not sure if that was a goal or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, as it stands, it's no goal, so we're gonna go with that. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they anything else from the Bruins they, game? Yeah, it just looks like they can compete with the Bruins, and they're gonna. I don't know how, but they got one more matchup with them, I guess, this season, right? Is that how that works? Yeah, I think they probably have to go up to Bean Town. Yeah, they they will have to go up to to Bean Town, but they can play with them. So I'm looking forward to the next time they these two teams match up. Definitely, and and uh, tip of the cap to Ball. Fedrick's a big dude. Uh, I oh, thought, right. he, fight, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, I know Balls had a, a pretty atrocious two weeks, but credit to him. Uh, you know, you took on their heavyweight and, and you held your own. He had a, a couple nice uppercuts there. Um, yeah, and, and fin- I think they both just finished from exhaustion, but there were there were some big haymakers there. So credit to Ball on that one. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah, uh, let's move to Friday's game, uh, December thirtieth against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, almost a must-win game at that point, right? They were gripping their sticks hard. Uh, Dougie gave up the bad turnover to Avani. Um, was that shorthanded? It might have been shorthanded, or they were just mm, pinning him in yes, the zone. 
No, I don't think yeah, it was just that was a five on five goal. That was a five on yeah, five, but bad. Tu- uh, yeah, yeah, no, never mind. It was five on five. Yeah, 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 bad turnover. It was one probably one of the only five on five goals, uh, but bad turnover yeah. by Hamilton at the point. Uh, you know, you'd like the save, but you know it's a Vanny Malkin on a breakaway. You know, it, there's not much you can do there. Yeah, Malkin can rip it. Uh, I guess like any other player, you'd be like, save that. But I mean, it's like Kenny Malkin and he put that top shelf like almost in the corner, if I remember right. So. Yeah, he that was that was yeah, that was bar down almost. Uh, and, and outside of that, I thought Vanacek was incredible. Uh, they, yeah, he was really they, good. He, again. They killed off nine penalties. That's absurd. I mean, that second period was just bonkers. Like I, I couldn't even make sense of it. Some of the calls both ways were just atrocious. Yeah. They were reffing it like a basketball game. It's this is hockey. Let them play. Stop this. I mean, w- w- didn't they call Wood for a for a? He, he basically just pushed the guy away he, from the the crease. Yeah, he pushed the guy. They called him for roughing. Both benches got abusive officials. Miners, I think. Which I think I know what the Penguins were upset about is when Jack Hughes scored. Oh, when Russ batteries turned off. Yeah, he. Yeah, they were upset that I guess they thought the puck shouldn't have been dropped there. So I know what they were upset about there. The Devils were upset they didn't review P.O. Joseph's goal for a kick. If you look at the replay, you he definitely it. kicked it in. It's not. Yeah, it's hard to. I don't. I don't know if you could. Way with that game was going, I don't know. If they would have overturned it. I don't know if they would have thought that was an intentional kick. They could have argued that Siegenthaler kind of pushed. Is like into it, but it sure looked like it should have been a reviewable play because it it was a kick. Even the I'd be surprised out. Toronto didn't call down and say, "Hey, let's take a look at this one." That's what I thought too. Because if you watch the highlights on YouTube and they had the Penguins broadcast, and even the Penguins announcers were like, "Oh, that looks like a little bit of a distinct kick," but I guess it's going to count. Um, so even the Penguins announcers were just kind of like a little bit iffy. The <laughs> officiating that game was a shit show, like you said, for both teams. It kind of really ruined the flow of play because both teams were killing penalties so much. Well, but, it was almost like they realized they did a bad call and then they would do a makeup call. So then they go back four on four and then they just went back into the same funk like four more times. Yeah, it, yeah, it was bad. Um, those games are the worst to watch and like. I mean, nine power plays for the Penguins. We should talk about that, obviously, because it was really the difference in the game. Nine power plays and they didn't score once. I mean, the Devils penalty killing that game was the reason why they won it. Vanacek was a big part of that, too, but so was Damon Severson and the rest of the penalty. So was Damon's probably best game of the season? Yeah, it was probably up there for one of his best games of the season. I think even from play, from play, but also from like a leadership standpoint, I mean, he logged 30 minutes that game or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think uh, they were talking about it in the Hurricanes game. Last yeah, night, I think 30 good. minutes. 30 minutes. He logged half the game. That's yeah. You, you generally don't see that unless there's overtime. And I think he got like 12 minutes on the penalty kill alone. So, um, and uh, those are tough like, minutes. Yeah, those are really tough minutes, especially I know the power pl- uh, Penguins power play without Jeff Petrie without Jeff Petrie and Chris Letang, but still the Penguins power play. They got some weapons there, and the Devils killed all nine of them. Now they even the Penguins got booed. I think after the the ninth one failed, they may have even gotten booed off the ice because after the loss, because you know they had nine power plays and they scored once. So it was also crazy because I think for the month of December they were top three uh, yeah, in power play. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just a little under forty. It was like thirty-nine point something. Yeah, but they were top three in the league in December for power play, and they just went so cold that night. And credit to the Devils, but also, you know, it, it's probably a little bit on the Penguins just not capitalizing. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of funny because like a 39% power play percentage is unsustainable and they decided to do their regression all in one night, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, Hey, I'll take it, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, after the PO goal, you're just like, oh, man. Well, I guess did they they gave it to Jeff Carter, but um, they actually ended up giving it to yeah. It clearly went off P.O.'s leg if you watch the replay. Yeah. It was off his stick. So, yeah, leg. someone was someone was on vacation up in Toronto. They were getting ready for New Year's a, a day yeah, early. Seriously. But, and then, you know, but you know, after that happened, you're like, oh, here we go again. Bad luck for the Devils. You know, uh, what's going to happen? But they stuck with it. Credit to them. And they came back, and they, they, they firmly won that game. Yeah, I mean, Dougie really responded well to his mini-benching after his bad turnover that led to the Geno um to what breakaway goal i mean dougie played really really well i think he had a goal finished with a goal and an assist that game right or something like that um yeah he had the assist on hughes power play goal and then obviously he scored the game tying goal on a nice play from dawson mercer um he played really well nico he which is kind of when you hear this it's gonna be kind of crazy the devils outscored the penguins uh on their power play one nothing because well the devils had two special team goals and you know that's what we've been harping harping on all season you got to win the special teams battle and they were one for six but that one for six was better than oh for nine yeah and then they were technically one for nine on the short-handed short-handed yeah and that's almost becoming like a trademark nico goal regardless he's flying down the wing and beats you opposite side ringing it off the post he's had a number of those mostly they've been on the blocker side coming down the blocker side but this one was on the glove side and, and he got it across to beat the blocker yeah, and um, McLeod did a nice job. I think McLeod recognized that he sure had Malkin defending him, so he kind of he did a nice job uh, leading Heisher. And then I wouldn't call it defending; I would just call it yeah, near, no, near yeah. Nico. No, yeah, let's just say he was in the vicinity of Nico. Of Nico. He was definitely not defending him. That's and I think McLeod recognized them. He made a good pass, and Nico just kind of like blew past him without much effort. Um, and yeah, that was that. That ended up being the game winner. Um, the Devils really locked it down in the third period too, when they had to kill some more penalties. So that was a really gritty win, I think. Probably. Yeah, the I mean, even late into the third, there was some power plays too. Um, let me yeah, see I if I they had to kill like at least three in the third, right? Yeah, um, it was it was it was great, and then also a, a very small point, but I think should be recognized. I thought. Um, you know, Jack got the empty net goal, but the fact that Hala passed it yeah. to him, um, you know, Hala could have shot that, but it was the right play to pass it to Jack. And, uh, you know, kudos to Hala on that one, especially someone that's going through such a slump as he is. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens with him when Plot comes back where he goes in the lineup. I think he could really Third line plot. center. Just put yeah. him on the third line and dominate the dot. Like, just dominate zone time. Because if you put Jesper Boquist on his wing with a Tatar, I think you're just going to cycle for days with that line. Yeah, I could even see Zetterlin being a good fit with them, too. So Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, pick your winger, but I think Boquist has actually been a bright spot outside and he hasn't scored but i thought his his play has definitely been encouraging the past couple of weeks i think and sorry if i'm stealing your stat attack here but no you're not okay but yeah he his his offensive zone numbers have been very encouraging i think he's done great driving play almost where he's had some great zone entries he's showing his speed and skill just getting a little unlucky around the net but i think it's definitely an improved performance for Boquist out of 
I think he's been the best bottom six forward for me. And I'm excluding Dawson because I really don't see Dawson as a bottom six forward. I think they're just using him as utility up and down the lineup. But I think Boquist has definitely been the best bottom six forward at, over this past couple of weeks. Yeah, he's been one of the te- uh, best four checkers in the league, actually. Um, and when he's with um, – I mean, his lines are always a little different. But when he's with Sharon Govich and Mercer, that line really seems to gel pretty well. Um, so we'll see if that – becomes a thing when Palat comes I, I hope it doesn't because I need Mercer and Hughes' line. They they create too much magic together and not to have them together uh, once Palat's back just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that as well. So um, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, that was, um, to, I guess, to, just to finish up the Penguins game here before we finish up the you know the last couple weeks of games. Uh, yeah, it was just a really gritty win from the, the Devils. And they needed that because the Penguins had made up a lot of ground on them in the standings. So it was good to put a little breathing room between the two teams. Yeah, big divisional game, uh, encouraging performance. And then they went into the Hurricanes game last night. Uh, I was in attendance for this one. Great crowd. I think it was a sellout, if not close to. Yeah, it looked to. like it on TV at least. Yeah, no, great crowd. And it was mostly Devils fans, right? I mean, Hurricanes yeah. fans don't travel that well. There were there were a few Canes fans in attendance. But this was n- a, not a traditional Devils game. Um, they almost got doubled up on shots. Um, they did not control the flow of play for the most part in my eyes. Um, I think they, they played well, but I, I think they definitely got outplayed at least for the first two periods. And then something clicked in the third and, and you know, Ronta probably wanted two or three of those goals back. Um, but, you know, kudos to kudos to the Devils for coming back and getting a point in that game. Yeah, they really got like, – that was definitely the opposite of the first Hurricanes game. Um, the the Canes really neutralized the Devils' rush attack uh, in the first period. I think the Devils had like four shot attempts at five on five and like not even in like point zero nine expected goals, which – It was, it was, it was a dismal like, first period. It was a dismal first period. Yeah, the, it, the only reason the shot counts were – or the shot – um, shots on goal were uh, kind of close in that first period is because the Devils had two really good power plays um, that they just couldn't convert on in the first. But otherwise, at five and five, they got absolutely nothing. And really, I guess, I guess, I'd say through the first half of the second period until Jack was, scored, really. Yeah, but I think even a little bit before Jack scored, they were starting to get uh, it was starting to open up a little more. Not a lot, but they were starting to get a couple more chances. And then, yeah, once Jack scored, I think the game kind of opened up a lot for both teams. I think Ronta had a bunch of big, high danger scoring chances that he he saved either with his block or glove um, on those power plays that you mentioned. And you're like, oh, God, here we go. Ronta's going to goalie them again. Yeah. I th- it's funny too because like the first couple of minutes of the game, I thought Ronta looked shaky. There was a shot from Graves that went off the iron, just like a couple minutes into the game, and I was like, oh, "How did Ronta not even see that?" So, and then he made some crazy saves on the power play. I was like, "Oh crap, here we go again." But then it turned out the first two minutes were a little more indicative of what there was. There was definitely play. one in the slot that Tatar should have had. Uh, yeah, he, I think he, he should. Ronta saved that one too. Didn't he get it like off? The he shoulder? saved it, and uh, yeah, it's just. But you know, I know he saved it and great save. But those are the opportunities that you almost just want to see capitalized because then that just starts you off on the right foot um, and would have taken the lead like, at that point too. Yeah, it was like Jack had a shot um, coming down from uh, the boards or something. I think yeah. on the power play too, where Ronta got it with his blocker or whatever that he probably says he, he usually hits that shot. So. 
could argue it for that way. They should have scored at least one goal in those powers, so it could have made a difference in the end. But Def- definitely. But I mean, game. let's go to Jack's goal. Jack's goal was yeah wild, and and I guess we're almost coming to expect something like that night in and night out because he's had a couple of these goals over the Christmas holidays. Yeah, that was um, he knows how to put on a show, as I said in my takeaways post for that game, because his line did not play well at five and five. But you know, even that doesn't. You'll still find a way to to do something at five on five, and that goal was. Uh, I mean, he just kind of like undressed Ranta, and Ranta had no chance of stopping that one. That's definitely not one you should say he could have stopped. Um, and completely blew by the defenseman. I forget who was on the ice at that point, but the defenseman ended up on the ice too. Yeah, and you saw it in three on three with Jack too. I mean, he was razzle dazzle deeks here and there. He almost put one past Ranta, and they could have almost a second point because of his work in three on three um so yeah even when his play his line is not driving play at five and five you can't discount him doing something ridiculous like he did to tie the game yesterday because he just has that kind of skill i mean i think the reputation i've kind of mentioned this a little bit lately too i think his reputation was more of a playmaker but he's pacing for 40 plus goals for a second straight season now like you have to consider him as one of the top end gold scorers in the league now Definitely. That, I mean, he's just a superstar, right? He drives yeah, play, 100%. he creates plays, and now he scores. Like, this is all you could hope for as a Devils fan and more with a first overall pick. Um, I think we can go to the other first overall pick, too, with Nico. I think Nico's played really well um, these past couple games. I think putting Jesper back on his line has definitely helped that line a lot. I think yeah. that line was pretty dominant when they were together for the past couple games. I know you you might have some stats that back that up as well, but I thought Nico Nico um, penalty kill everything just true captain's performance. Yeah, so I'll say I do have stats that back it up, but that was going to be stat attack. So stay okay, we'll save that, that for that. Yeah, yeah, stay tuned to that, folks. But yeah, I mean the Tatar Heischer Brat line. Whenever even dating back to last season when they played together, they've always played pretty well. Um, so that's why it's going to be interesting to see what Lindy Ruff does when Palat comes back. Because I would almost love to see Palat slide into that line with like a Palat. Yeah. Because I feel like Palat's this, a similar player to Tatar, but just better. Yeah, um, yeah so, no, I agree with that. So, yeah, so I think um, maybe if you slide Palat in there yeah, and I mean, then that, do yeah, like a ahead. Tatar, Mercer, uh, Hughes second line or something like that, and then just bump Hala down, that'd be. I think that would work out well. Yeah, uh, that's why it's going to be interesting. Like, Palat, Heischer, Brat were doing well in that small sample before Palat's injury. So I think that's ultimately where they're going to end up. It might take a little bit because Palat has had such a long layoff. I don't know if he's going to go straight into that spot to start off. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, It's, it's only going to be good. It's only going to be good. And and I think we even got a uh, late Christmas present or early Christmas present, however you look at it, with Graves being – uh, activated off the IR 10 minutes before the game yesterday. Yeah, I didn't see that coming, but he said in his post-game press conference that the last 48 hours before the game had really started, to, whatever his injury was, I guess some type of lower body injury, started to feel a lot better. Um, and he played actually pretty well, considering the Devils didn't have any like real practice time with him. He just kind of like was like, hey, I'm better, get me in. And he went in and... I thought he played well, except for that, for the delay of the game at the end of the game. Yeah, that was the only thing, yeah. But, um, yeah, otherwise I thought he was pretty sound, uh, played a pretty sound game. And it's good that he came back a lot sooner than I think pretty much anyone was expecting, and you know, at least from the fans. Because uh, with John Marino out too, you didn't I was almost a little surprised that they didn't they didn't go with Nikita over Ball. 
uh, yeah. yesterday because well, Nikita's I, actually looked pretty decent, I thought, and Balls had some pretty noticeable gaffes. Yeah, I think that's going to change for the, the back-to-back here coming up uh, with the Red Wings and the Blues Wednesday, Thursday. I think Nikita probably plays on Wednesday, and then if he doesn't, was you know, back-to-back, you can always go one-and-one for each game between Ball and Ahachuk, but I think Nikita is going to be in on Wednesday, especially since the Red Wings. Ball just looked too clumsy out there and was just taking too many penalties and bad reads. So the first goal yesterday, was it the first? Yeah, it was the first first one when he pinched, got beat up the wall, and then it was the two-on-one with Gravy. I almost put a little bit on Blackwood there too because – he was way out of position. Way out of position and didn't even, like, the guy almost, like, waited three seconds for the other guy to get down there to step on the score and no poke check or anything. It, it was a weird play. I thought Gravy did all he could, take away the pass. And I then Blackwood. There's a lot of things that went wrong on that play. Ball made a bad decision to pinch. Graves went down too early and Blackwood was way out of position. But I also can't really blame Blackwood for giving up that. For that one. Like, for yeah. that one. For that one, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> For the Aho goal. Uh, yeah, no. and, and, and you know what? That was just such a backbreaker, too, because Jack just scored an amazing yeah, it was goal. Like a minute before. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, all right, energy back in the building. Great. Similar. Last two minutes of a period, we give up an absolute gaff of a goal, killing momentum going into the third. But luckily, uh, our boy Jesper, the brat man, they were really playing into that last night on the Jumbotron. Uh, oh, every time they? he scored, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's going to happen, right? We've gotten goals like that this season. I forget what yeah. game that was. But Ruff uh, was saying that in his press conference, too. Like, you go back to the Flyers game in Philadelphia when Carter Hart. That's what, yeah. Yeah, when Carter Hart misplayed the puck behind his net and Mercer, I think, had the easy tap-in, right? So, rough reference it. Like, you can go back and look at a bunch of games this year. It's going to happen when goalies play the puck. And and you know what? And I hate the fans because – I hate this because, you know, McKenzie knows he effed up, right? Like, he, he needs to get, you know, kudos to him. He got back up on the horse and made That's some That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he responded pretty well. To outstanding. That. But, you know, the, the, the stupid Devils fans, he, you know, the next time he gets, like, an easy puck into his pads or something the like Bronx that. Here. Yeah, and it's just like – McKenzie's a head case as it is. You don't need to add to it, right? Like, you, yeah, you build them I mean, up. I get- I, I guess he didn't but, hear it because he played well. I mean, like you can't blame. There were some for the glove saves that were just outstanding. In yeah, the you slot. can't blame him for the two goals that the Canes scored after his gaff. Like he was kind of he kept the Devils in the game after that, I and mean, they probably don't get a point with some of the, without some of the saves he made. He he made forty three saves and forty seven shots. So it's like a nine fifteen save percentage. I mean, he's good. Yeah, you can't. The the gaff was terrible. It was awful. And I think you kind of just have to expect that with Blackwood at this point. Like, even when he plays well, he just kind of does something where you're just like, what are you doing, man? Um, it's like it makes you wonder if like how he said next to Damon Severson in the locker room. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, but yeah, I mean, Todd Cordell wrote about it in his like he not he didn't do like a recap of the game itself. He kind of did a thoughts thing this morning, but he talked about like how Blackwood. It just there's no his only consistency is inconsistency and you know like he was great yesterday obviously but you have to go back to Vanacek on Wednesday against like the Red Wings one yes the Red Wings is the first one right you have to go back to him and then with the Blues now not having Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly for at least a month for each player you could should be you should be okay starting Blackwood that game. 
I wouldn't go back to Blackwood on back-to-back games. You have to Vanacek should be the un you know undisputed one A moving forward, which is what Todd. No, just one, just one. Yeah, even uh, Todd was yeah even arguing more that Vanacek should be the one and Blackwood should only be playing in like spot starts when you really need him to because he's shown also that he also follows up good performances with a, a bad performance, which is what you saw with the Panthers and the Bruins before the Christmas break. He was great against the Panthers, but against the Bruins, he kind of laid an egg. So, uh, yeah, I think Vanacek should be the undisputed one moving forward. And then, like, on back-to-backs and whatever, and you need to give Vanacek some time off, you make Blackwood your starter. But but Vanacek is clearly the better goaltender of the two. Yeah, and he got back off his snide um, with a really strong performance against the Bruins, I thought. Vanacek, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then the Penguins as well. Yeah, and the Penguins too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Should we move into our favorite section? Uh, Your favorite Uh, section? Yeah, no, let's uh, exit out by action, but let me pull it off. Uh, yes, yeah, that attack. Good, because I don't have any. Uh, I've uh, been I've been uh, too busy too cooking yeah, and hosting and- parties and stuff like this. So, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the stat attack to you, but I do have our intro. Stat attack! All right, Alex, what do we got this week? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I just kind of hinted at it before when we were talking about, um, you know, the, the Hurricanes game here. Um, but the, the Devils got a bunch of uh, forward lines in the top, you know, 20 of uh, when it comes to expected goals percentages and stuff like that. I mean, Hollow Hughes Mercer is up there. You have Brat Hollow Hughes and obviously Zetterlin Heischer Tatar have had really good moments too. But Tatar Heischer and Brat are up there as well um, after yesterday's game. And they were, I think, the only Devils line at 5-5 five and five that was above water and ex- expected goals percentage. Um, they're at 64.9%. This is via Money Puck, by the way. In 121 minutes, they're at a 64.9 expected goals percentage, which ranks ninth in the league for forward lines with at least 75 minutes log. So, you know, I think we're, we're looking at Palat's been practicing since they came back from Christmas break. Um, and he's probably, there's probably a good chance he gets into the lineup uh, one of these games here, whether it's the Red Wings game or the Blues. So it's going to be interesting to see what Lindy Ruff decides to do uh, as far as shaking up his lines. This is obviously a good problem to have when you're putting someone like Palat back in the lineup. But Tatar, Heischer, and Brat have played really well together. Um, so, like, is Palat going back to that line as he did just before he you know, underwent surgery a couple of months ago? Is Tatar going to stick there for a little bit until Palat kind of gets back up to speed? Or... You know, is Palat going to move down? They tried Palat with Hughes and Mercer before, I think, in the start of the season, and it really didn't go that well. I don't think Palat's really that great a fit with Hughes, although I kind of would like to see Palat with Holtz. That would be nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Devils got a bunch of forward lines that have played really well here, um, and Tatar Heischer, Brat being one of them. And now you have Palat coming back into the fold, so it's really going to be interesting to see how the top nine kind of shakes up here with uh, – should get deeper, that's for sure. But where's Palat going? How's do you want to break up to Tarheesher and Brett right now? It's going to be very interesting to see what Ruff does. It will be. It will. Be, I mean, and you got the two day break right now too. Yeah. Uh, going into Detroit, so that's two more practices under Palat's belt. I expect to see him, uh, if not the Red Wings game, definitely the Blues game. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm, I don't got my Twitter open right now. I don't know if the. I would assume the Devils are probably not practicing today, but they'll definitely be on the ice tomorrow, and then they'll be the skates. You know, ahead of the yeah. game on. So at latest, the Rangers game on Saturday. Yeah. No, I think he's back before then. I think he's going to get back into one of these games here, but we'll see. It's coming. That's for sure, and it's going to make some interesting lineup decisions. 
Yeah, yeah. If I had to put my money, it's probably the Blues game. Don't yeah, don't I let them so. don't travel to Detroit. Get ready for the Blues game. That would be my guess as well, but we'll see. Yeah. All righty. Um, apologies to our listeners, but I never bring good stats anyway. But there there was one stat I did want to point out, and this was from the Florida Panthers game. And this is a an extreme shout out to Jonas Siegethaler. Um, and and he had a little bit of a tough stretch during during the slide, but he really played well against the Panthers. Yeah, His that's right. uh, CF percentage with. Verhage, Kachuk, and Bennett on the oh, right. ice. That's Corsi percentage, by the way. Corsi forward percentage was a hundred. Yeah, I think I did. I tweet that one out. You might have, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, probably we, on yeah, your Twitter right now. But that's that's absurd. That that's yeah. unheard of, especially when against went, talent like that. Yeah, when he went up against the Kachuk line, yeah, they did, they literally didn't have anything generated against them, and that's without you know having last change too. Yeah. So, uh, there, listen, guys, I'm here for the stats. Uh, I just steal others. Um, so here it's so kudos to uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, uh, the Swiss uh, assassin. I don't know. We can work on that nickname, but yeah, we got right. something else. <laughs> all right, let's move into Devil's Dungeon of the week. Uh, Alex, you want to start us off? Yeah. So this one was kind of tough to come up with because even though the Devils have lost games, they've generally played well as a team. But That's I gotta easy go with for me. Yeah. It's, I in the end, it ended up being easy for me. I have to go with Kevin Paul. He's just not been playing well the last couple of weeks. Um, it wasn't just the Hurricanes game yesterday. I mean, he's had some gaffes. What game roughly- was it when he like took a penalty and then literally got out of the box and then tripped was- the guy? I think he was two one seconds of the- later. I'm pretty sure it was one of the Bruins games because I remember. I'm <laughs> just like, what are you game. doing, bud? What are you doing? Yeah. Just go to the bench. Yeah, it might have been the second Bruins game, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, that that's like a perfect kind of, I guess, example of how this little stretch has gotten here with him kind of getting regular minutes since Graves and Marino's injuries. Um, but he just hasn't, and he played well in smaller samples earlier in the season. But now that he's kind of been in the lineup as a regular, it hasn't gone well. And, you know, I'm not going to put the loss against the Hurricanes on him. It wasn't really on one specific player. But I'll put the Bruins well. loss on him, though. <laughs> it was kind of tough. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, he's in kind of an easy dungeon one at the end of the day because his bad play really stood out. All right, so you got Kevin Ball. I mean, listen, he was definitely on my list, and I kind of tore him apart earlier in the podcast, but... <laughs> Yeah. For me, for for me, it, it's very easy, and it's a lack of depth scoring from the bottom six. Yeah, it's a good uh, one too. Like these past two weeks, the only goal you have is Sharon Govich's tip in. That's that's not acceptable. Uh, when we were winning games night in and night out, you had you know goals from Wood, McLeod, or you know uh, a Boquist or something like that. That that the bottom six, and I know there's been a lot of you know, moving the lines up and down and not a lot of consistency and and this, that, and the other thing, but you got to find a way to score or at least make some sort of impact that allows, that that leads to scoring. Generally, we would see our fourth line, uh, and when I say the fourth line, I mean the McLeod-Wood line, generally hem teams in and and maybe they weren't scoring but they were cycling they were forechecking they were doing great things for this team to win and that's kind of seemed to have slowed down a little bit Uh, i know we've had some pretty awful mistakes from mcleod uh wood just it's i'm not seeing him as engaged as i have in previous games i I don't know if you're seeing that as well alex yeah no i agree he's been brutal um and for someone that said they're sick of losing 
Well, it might be time to look in the mirror a little bit, Miles, because we, we need some better performances out of the bottom six. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and like I said, you know, I touched on it already a couple times, but hopefully that's going to get better with Palat coming back and kind of pushing other people down the lineup. So hopefully, and I've, the the Blues and Red Wings, I mean, this it's ripe opportunity for the you know the, the bottom this, six. This this we we should definitely have a significantly large winning record for January. Looking at the schedule ahead, you have the West Coast trip with some weak teams. Um, and then, you know, you finish off the month with a tough week, but th this should definitely be a month where they can get back on track. Yeah, the, the schedule definitely softens up, or softens up after a very tough part of the very tough December, really. Yeah, exactly. So let's see. Let's, let, let's get, like, let's get, you know, seven and two or, you know, let's get on a little bit of a, a consistency where we're getting points in night in and night out. Yeah, for sure, and that, you know, this week is obviously a good opportunity for that. And please, let's just beat the damn Rangers. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. Rangers, um, you know, they're starting to win games again, but their 5-on-5 five five numbers are kind of starting to sink again, so it should be an interesting matchup on Saturday. Definitely, and and Gal I feel like Gallant's on a razor edge with losing that locker room. Yeah, I mean, Lafreniere, I don't know what's going on there. Um, I do I don't know if it's reached like a, a breaking point. I would say it's probably at a critical point here because he keeps getting health. Not keeps getting health. But you back. see this consistently with the Rangers' young stars outside of Adam Fox. Uh, they saw it with the Russian. They're seeing it with Kako. Yeah. yeah, now they're seeing it with La Lafreniere. I think Lafreniere is a good hockey player. I just don't know if Gallant is. He just needs to figure it out. Yeah, I don't really know what they have. They should do with him. The, the issue here, like Adam Fox, is not even their player. Really, he was fully developed by the time they acquired him. Fair he enough. Came through, Fair he enough. came through the Hurricanes and uh, Flames systems, like Kraftstoff, um, Kako, Lafreniere, uh, Niels Lundqvist, who's now having a pretty good season with the Dallas Stars. You know, these are all their top prospects. And well, what was the, what was the other guy they them? drafted seventh overall? Lyles Anderson. Uh, Lias Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been able to figure it out with other organizations too but they reached at the time they made that pick as well so yeah all right, enough should... about that team in blue uh that's a wrap on devil's all dungeon right, well, and what was that what were you gonna say no i mean we we're playing them this week so now that's what i was gonna get into here looking at no, no, that's, head, a, that's definitely true but we got three stars and we have a full mailbag oh, right. and uh oh shit yeah we got stuff to do here yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is is i hate the rangers so i don't want to give them any more air time than they deserve but um, let's get into the three stars of the week. Uh, this one should be pretty easy. Uh, I, I assume we'll have the same three players just in some sort of order. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably maybe a different order. But third star for me, Dougie Hamilton, played really well. Um, yeah, obviously a big reason why they won the Penguins game. And he had, was it 14 points in 11 games or, or something like that? Yeah, something like that. I think he's like at 31 points and 34. Close to a point per game, and that's not getting talked about around the league either. Um, close to point per game for defensemen is, that's, you know, that's Roman Yossi last year. That's, you know, your headman's in previous years. McCarr, obviously, is probably a point and a half a game because he's just an absolute freak. But yeah. Dougie should should start to get some some national media coverage because he has been playing outstanding. Yeah, Hamilton's been really good, um, I guess, over really the last two weeks. So and there was one of the Bruins games where they just kind of like totally shredded the Bruins uh, with Hamilton on the ice. So, yeah, third star of the week for me. Um, I guess are we doing three stars of the two weeks here? Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I think it's yeah. since last pod, right? 
Yeah, so yeah, he's been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. So yeah, that's number three for me. Awesome. And then uh, third star of the week for me actually is going to be Nico Heischer. Uh, he, yeah. yeah, I thought he's had some really timely goals. Um, I think he's he's playing really well. Uh, penalty kill, he was outstanding, obviously, in the Penguins game. Had the had the the crucial goal in the Bruins game that, uh, you know, at least you thought brought them back into it had the game winner or no uh, game winner against Pittsburgh, right? The, uh, yeah, so the, the shorthanded. Goal, yeah. Yep. And then had another big goal yesterday against Carolina. Um, you know, he's every time you think there's a little bit of a lull with Nico, he steps up, gets an assist or gets a goal. And, you know, he's really, really stepping into con- some sort of consistency this season. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, who's number two for you? Uh, Vitek Vanacek. Wow. Okay. So we really don't have any of the same players. Yeah, maybe which, not. Yeah. yeah okay. Hey, listen, Vitek's been fantastic. So kudos to him. Yeah. It's really because of the last two starts he made against the Bruins and the Penguins. But I uh, mean, the Penguins was, game alone deserves a star, right? Just because nine, like he, he was the penalty kill. Yeah. That's basically mostly my reasoning behind that is because he was so good on the penalty kill that game. Um, and, you know, he was going through a little bit of a rough stretch. Um, the reason why the Devils were like one, seven and one or whatever over that little uh, time period is because they weren't getting good goaltending either. So it's good to see that he's rebounding because that's important moving forward. So I got to give him a star, especially for that Penguins performance in the nine, you know, power plays he had to face. I mean, that's ridiculous. How often is a goalie going to face nine power plays in one game and he didn't give up a goal. So um, and obviously people in front of him helped, but yeah, really good. So second star for me is him. Definitely awesome. Yeah. And I think second star for me is going to be Bratman. Uh, he had a couple games this week where he had two goals, a uh, bunch of assists, bunch of points um, since the slot. He, he definitely went cold during that, the initial slide. And I think he's rebounded really nicely. Uh, maybe it's because it's January 2nd now and uh, that contract can get announced sometime soon, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that in the mailbag. But, you know, he, it, listen, Jesper's a star uh, and he, he's back to a point per game uh, after last night. He, I think he had three points last night or he had yeah, the two he goals. He might have an assist, but yeah, obviously the two goals. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He did have an assist on Nico's goal. So that's a three point game for Jesper. Um, yeah, I think. You know, he he needs to be the point getter outside of Jack um, because Nico's going to do all the dirty work and the points will come for Nico. But someone that's going to be, you know, a 1B scorer, he needs to come in night in and night out uh, for this team to be successful. Yeah, I agree with that. So, and your first star, maybe we have the same first star. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Jack, right? Yeah, come on, right? Jack, Jack's just been an absolute, I mean, listen, listeners, we're both, I think this is probably the second or third week in a row we both had Jack at number one, (laughs) Um, but it's deservedly so. He's just been lights out every game. He at least gets, you know, four or five grade A scoring opportunities. He's he's doing a great job this year getting in the corners, but avoiding that contact that's led to previous injuries. Um, and he's doing a great job of, you know, even defensively, he, he turns the puck over at an incredible rate. Uh, maybe it's not the same as previous seasons, but he's great with the poke check. Kudos to Jack. He's been doing everything. Yeah, and even I mean, when I was at the game yesterday, uh, you know, Mrs. Fisherman was in, in attendance. First first game of the season for her. Uh, oh, wow. 
We've been together five years and she's been to two games. So let's just say she's not a big enthusiast for hockey. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Yeah, I know. And there was two, there was two takeaways from yesterday's game. Uh, One being uh, she turns to me. So this Jack guy, he's, he's the wonder boy for the devils. Right. I'm like, yep, that, that's pretty much it. You right, picked up on that. Good one. Yeah, that's and a good then, one. and then I was talking about the uh, Ryan Graves injury and how he got, you know, five minutes before the game, you find out Ryan Graves is playing. And she's like, well, what was wrong with him? I was like, lower body injury. She's like, yeah, but what was wrong with him? I was like, no, it's hockey. It's either upper body injury yeah, or lower body injury. You don't know. Yeah. It and, looked like a knee injury. If you watch the game, like, yeah, you're not getting details on that. Yeah. And as a doctor, that was incredibly infuriating for her. She's like, what is this? Like, I need to know what was wrong. I was like, yes, we Just all do. Sitting there thinking about it the whole game. Probably. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it, 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 was, it was priceless. But listen, um, kudos to the devil's organization. They put on a great game day uh, yesterday. It was the youth day as well. Um, there's a lot of kids in attendance, a lot of probably first time and now lifelong Devils fans. Um, it's always great to have a game like that where, that, that you know, I know they lost, but it was really exciting. They played really well uh, for the most part um, against one of the best teams in the league. And, and, and stuff like that only builds the brand for the Devils. Yeah, and, you know, they played, you know, toe-to-toe with like one of the best teams in the league. So that should help. Yeah, and and all your stars scored, and all yeah, your stars exactly. scored. That's a big one. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right, uh, Jack Hughes for you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. All right, great. So that's three stars of the past two weeks. Three stars of the holiday season. How's that? Yeah, that. But, that yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So, um, all right, let's get into our second mailbag. Uh, as I stated earlier, Alex has seen all these questions, but I have not. So let's 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 get the oven ready and let's get some fresh hot takes, baby. Yeah, so, you know, if Twitter, I don't know, Twitter seems to be slowly eroding here, but it's loading, so. That might be for our uh, tech podcast. Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, All right, so we got some of the questions were were repeat, so I'm just going to maybe, like, state one, and then, you know, it kind of will answer itself. But uh, So Devil's State of Mind podcast asked, and this was one of the repeat questions that I saw on both Twitter accounts. Friends of the pod, friends of the pod. Right, Devil's State of Mind podcast. That is Neil, I'm I'm butchering your name, I'm sorry, but Neil Vila Piano runs that podcast. Sorry if I butchered your name. I've been on your podcast before too. Shout out to Neil. Maybe we'll have you on, Neil. We'd love to have you on. I'm terrible with this stuff, but uh, yeah, anyways, he asked, what should the Devils do in regards to the backup goalie position between Blackwood and Schmid and Dawes, which I saw a lot of people asking what a should the devils do with i knew this was coming and i wanted to bring it up earlier but i I kind of figured the the listeners yeah wanted wanted to take on this one yes yeah exactly so there's a few people that answered that it's just yeah i saw neil's first so um yeah let you answer this one first i think i gotta i I got i know what i'm gonna say but yeah it it really puts the devils in a tricky situation here right because if you can't find a trade partner for blackwood uh you're really almost stuck with them because I guess you could put him on waivers and bring up Schmied, but at the same time, you don't want to do that because then you lose another able-bodied goaltender. Uh, and we've seen in seasons past that you don't want to be on your six-string goaltender. I think that was last season, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> where we had the Hamburglar in net for like three games. Like, this is awful. And so, it turned out he had an injury that he never really fully recovered from too. So Shocker. Story yeah. of the devil's lives. Um, yeah. Goaltenders with injuries. Um, but yeah, listen, I... This is a really tough one, and I and I apologize because I probably don't have a definitive answer here. But I think for the next 
at least the month of January, you're going to have to ride out Blackwood. And if his performances are mediocre, then that's you're just going to have to live with that. But if it gets to a point where it's Boston Bruins game night in and night out, then then you might have to make a tough call to either trade him for a bag of pucks or you know something you really don't want to do, put him on waivers and bring up Schmid. Because if you get to a point in the season where you're outplaying other teams, you're just getting bad goaltending like we've seen in previous seasons you can't let that you can't let that continue especially with how well this team is playing um and you you might have to pull pull the waiver card but i don't think we're there yet yeah so i agree with you that for the next month you just kind of have to ride with him as the 1b i guess if you want to put it that way um the thing is too is like if they want to make a move for like a score you know, ahead of the trade deadline, um, or even maybe trying to get some defensive depth. If they want to open up cap space, I think the best way to do so is kind of just salary dumping his $2.9 million um, cap it, especially if you don't... We have so money. much money tied up in goaltending, and half of them aren't even playing. Yeah, like Bernier is not coming back. Pretty sure Bernier, he's point, I think We're still paying Schneider. Like, it's, right, it's nuts. Yeah. And it, I think it's probably safe to assume that Bernier is not playing again at this point. I think probably he's going to retire after the season. That's just kind of the way it seems since we don't really get any updates from him. And we thought, hey, at least we got ten games out of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right for like nine million dollars too. <laughs> the New Jersey um, Devils, where goalies come to retire. <laughs> essentially, Corey Crawford now Bernier, but um, yeah, I think Blackwood. He's not. They're not going to move him yet. Um, and there are some interesting. Uh, rental options that could be available to them if they want to get someone else to kind of compliment uh, Vanacek. And you can see James Reimer from San Jose. I mean, San Jose is not making the playoffs. He's got a modified, like, I think he has like a five-team. But if you're going to use assets to get, wouldn't you want to use those assets to, to get, to even strengthen a goal scorer deal? Like at this point, I'm so much adverse to giving up assets, regardless if it's a sixth or seventh round pick to get another goalie in there, just because of, you know, you have Schmied in the minors. Yeah. Um, well, this is the thing here too with Schmied is like his save percentage with Utica is below 900. So like, you know, was he doing, what is he, he was doing with New Jersey? Was that a little fluky or is that percentage in Utica a little fluky too? I don't know. So it's, I um, think, I would think it's the latter. I really yeah, do I mean, because I think it's, he was probably very devastated to be brought back down after how well he's played. Probably a little bit that too. Like he was legitimately playing well with the devils too. So I probably, yeah, I'd probably lean with the latter as well. Um, like, yeah, I don't, I probably wouldn't want to give up, um, an asset for a goalie now, especially I think since the long play here is you have to go get another, um, goalie. Cause I don't think Blackwood's the answer here moving forward. It's like a tandem with Vanacek. You're probably gonna have to go get someone else who will be a little pricey to get. If you're going to um, go get a goalie, the only one I would go get is the kid out of Arizona. Uh, Vimelka. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you're going to use assets to go get a goalie, that's who you go get. And I could see Blackwood being a part of a trade for Vemelka. Um The thing with Vemelka is he was so bad last season, but he's been so great this season. He's just kind of like the perfect sum of like our goalies, vo- the goalies are voodoo kind of thing. So like, is he actually as good as he's been this season? I think he's probably somewhere in between the two. But that's fine. Like I need in between. And, and the other thing is, is you're moving to a, an organization that actually has defensive structure too. You're yeah, not just like kind- left out the dry every game. 
Yeah, which is probably why it's so impressive what he's been doing for the Coyotes this season. Uh, you know, there's some free agent targets. Like, just if the Penguins don't re-sign Tristan Jari, I'd probably try to go make a play for him. He's I don't like me. Maybe you think he has a bad reputation, but he's a good goalie. Um, so yeah, there's options for the Devils, but I don't. I think for the rest of the season, you're just gonna probably have to stick with a Vanacek Blackwood tandem. And if it really gets that bad, you're probably gonna see Akira Schmidt or even Nico Dawes if his play kind of trends up too. Uh, you can see one of them coming up, but I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't really think the Devils should be using assets to get a, a rental goalie this season too, unless it's like really apparent, like Blackwood's just not get Like if Blackwood can give you a good start like he did yesterday in like the Panthers game every once in a while, I think you can live with that for the rest of the season. But if he shows moving forward, that's going to be a problem Then maybe Fitz has no choice, but I prefer that he didn't do that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Enough on goaltending. What's the next one we got here, Alex? Yeah, so this is a good one from, let me see, here it is, Charlie, which uh, he's asking, please try to explain the home, uh, Charlie Battis, I'm sorry again if I'm mispronouncing your name, but uh, please try to explain the home and road splits. And, you know, obviously the Devils are what, like 13-2 and two on the road, or 13-2-1 on the road, but they're like barely like NHL 500 um, on uh, at home, right? Something like that, so... This is something I wanted to uh, thought about using for its stat attack, but when I saw the question and in, in my mentions, I figured I'd save it for here. Um, so if you look at the Devils' um, stats at home, and let me just get the right filter. Yeah, all right. So at home, um, they're not playing poorly at all. They're second in the league in Corsi percentage behind the Hurricanes at 56.6%. And then their expected goals percentage is 59.71%, which is first in the league. Uh, you know, shooting percentage is a, a little low. It's like 20th. Uh, this is 5 on 5, by the way. Shooting percentage is a little low. It's about like 20th in the league, but it's not awful. It's a little bit above 8%. And then their save percentage um, at home also isn't uh, terrible. We're, we're at 9, yeah, 9, 9.12. So that's, that's like low. league average. Yeah, so it's 16th at 5 on 5. So like that's not bad. Um and then when you look at their splits on the road, they're really not all that different. Um, you know, in terms of Corsi percentage, they are also second to the Hurricanes at fifty five point three nine percent, and that's not even a drop from where it is at home. Then expect the goals percentage is fifty six point six four percent, which is also second to the Hurricanes uh, on the road. Uh, obviously, the Hurricanes are a wagon. Um, shooting percentage is just under nine percent, so really not too much of a difference. I guess the biggest difference on the road um compared to home is the devil's road save percentage is 927 um on the uh yeah on the road so that's pretty significant and that's ninth in the league but it's not like their goaltending has been that bad at home so it's really tough to explain the home road splits other than i think they're just getting a little bit unlucky at home and you can go um, lead a little not, bit too. I, you know, yeah, you had the I Flyers think, game, you had Omar. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So there was the Carter Hart game where he put up 48 saves. Scott Wedgwood at Stars game goalied them. The two games against Linus Olmark kind of goalied them as well. Yesterday they didn't get goalied, but um, yeah, I think they're just getting a little unlucky at home because uh, they're not playing poorly. Give me stats uh, on officiating there, Alex, because the officiating at home seems to be atrocious too. I don't have officiating stats, unfortunately, but that Penguins game was on the road. So That was uh, on the road, but there's been – like yeah. even yesterday there was just some calls where I'm like, ugh. Yeah, the Yonas Siegenthaler embellishment – yeah, the, the Siegenthaler embellishment was ridiculous. I don't know how that was an embellishment, but 
Um, yeah, the devil. So that's really the best explanation I have for the home and road splits is that they just gotten kind of a little bit of unlucky at home and they've gotten goalied by some. Yeah, I'd expect that to even really out towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think even yesterday we saw, you know, they broke through at least scoring wise at home. They got four goals. It was the first time they had four goals in a non empty net situation since the Islanders game early in the month when they lost 6 4 to them. So I think um, starting to get a little luckier there. And, you know, as that Blues game, that's a home game, right? The Blues game. The Blues week. game is home, yeah. Yeah, and obviously they're going to be without two of their top players. They've been leaky defensively, and, if they and they're home against fans. the Rangers on on Saturday too. That that could be a tough one because that that's you know that's a fifty fifty crowd. Yeah, right. That's true as well. So I do think that for Charlie, your answer to that question is I think they just been getting luck. unlucky. Yeah, they've just been get, specifically shooting because their safe percentage hasn't been that bad. They just uh, need to start breaking through scoring-wise, and they did against the Hurricanes yesterday, so hopefully that starts to change here this month. Yeah. Well, great question, Charlie. Thank you. Uh, Alex, what's the next one we have? Yeah, so this is a good one, too. Um, I don't know if we're going to have time to uh, finish all of these because we've been running a little We'll take two more. We'll take two more. We'll do this one and one more. How's that? Yeah, yeah, so that that sounds good. But uh, We can save some for next week. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, um, John, this is a good question that I really like. John asked, uh, John Ford asked, what's the number one thing preventing a deep playoff run and how would you fix it? Uh, I.e., if it's a score, do we have the assets cap space to make that move to fix it? I'll let you go first this time. Sure. Yeah, I, I think right now it's the depth scoring. Uh, I think what you see with a lot of these strong playoff contending teams, cup contending teams, is you're getting goal scoring up and down the lineup. Uh, I think last year when you saw the the Avalanche just torch the NHL, they had scoring up and down the lineup. Um, you know, you'll see the same thing with the Bruins. You'll see the same thing with the Hurricanes. Uh, in the beginning of the season, I thought that was one of our biggest uh, strengths. Uh, I thought, you know, there wasn't a team that could match our depth in the NHL. But now that depth has completely vanished um, and we're just not getting the scoring that we were accustomed to getting in the beginning of the season. And I think that's pretty much one of the biggest reasons because uh, we had mistakes in the beginning of the season. We went down in the beginning of the season. There was some games where Vanacek wasn't the best or Blackwood, etc. And you were still winning games because you could, you, you were never scared that you were down two goals and you couldn't come back. Um, so right now, I think that's the biggest thing. I think that can definitely be solved. A, one with Palat coming back uh, and pushing, you know, talent down the lineup. And then B, I think, you know, Fitz has got to be on the trade market looking for another winger. Uh, that's, you know, if that's a Timo Meyer or if that's a Duclair or or someone along, you know, someone that Alex has identified in all of his articles. Um, there, I think that's, that's for me, the number one thing, right? You have the high-end talent. You have the Jack Hughes. You have the Nico. You have the Jesper. You have the talent down the middle. I think, you know, four centers that are very serviceable, if not really good. Um, and then you also have, I would say, a, above league average still goaltending in Vitek Vanacek. Um, and once you get to the playoffs, you're really not leaning on a, on a goalie tandem. It's You're leaning on your one unless he just completely blows up. So for me right now, it's the depth scoring that's going to prevent this team from moving forward. Yeah, so I think I agree with you on the depth scoring thing too. Is I, but also when Palat and Bastion come back, it's gonna like if assuming they're healthy for a playoff run this year, even I think the Devils' depth scoring could be okay. But I th- I do agree that I think they need more of like a high end score with whether it's uh, you know someone like Meyer 
or you know if Tarasenko comes back healthy, uh, which he should before the trade deadline. He's out for four weeks, so he'll be should be coming back like a month before the trade deadline. If Tarasenko is someone they identify as a target for as a rental for this year, you could look at him. Obviously, Duclair has a pretty nice cap. Uh, I just wrote about him over the weekend. Has a nice cap hit of three million dollars, and assuming he's good to go from his Achilles injury, also that's a tough injury to come back from, though. Yeah, especially for a guy like him who plays uh, with some speed. But uh, if everything checks out there, he's an option. Uh, you know, the thing I think I look at is uh, actually goaltending. And it's not that Vanacek is a bad goaltender or anything like that. But can he? is he the type of goaltender that can win you a Stanley Cup? Um, is Darcy Kemper, though? Yeah, I mean, I think Kemper's at like a 920-something save percentage this year, right? Again, with the Capitals, I think he's been playing really well. Um, you know, the only reason Kemper wasn't that great last year is because he had that eye injury, and I don't think he was really fully recovered by the time he came back. For let me see, I'm trying to pull up Darcy Kemper's stats real quick here. But yeah, he's at a 920 save percentage again this year, and that would be, you know, four out of the last five seasons that he's had a save percentage above 920. So yeah, Darcy right. Kemper can you can definitely win a uh, Stanley Cup with Darcy Kemper as your goaltender. Uh, Vanacek, you know, he's a good goaltender, but like, is he like? Kind of good at goaltender. He's I not going. He's not going to. He's not going to give you a carry price. But I also think he's good enough that if the team in front of him is good enough, he'll respond. Yeah, I don't disagree with that too. But like, can he get you all the way to the Stanley Cup final? Uh, that's a tough one for me. Like, you look at the teams that are, you know, the Vasilevsky, obviously three straight Stanley Cups uh, with this, you know, the Lightning. Uh, you have someone like that. Uh, you look at what Shesterkin did last season with the Rangers. That team wasn't that great, but he carried them to the Eastern Conference Final, and they were only two wins away from making the, the Stanley Cup. Now, you know, in the Penguins' heydays, uh, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury was taking them. And Matt Murray, before he had some of his injuries issues, he was really good um, when they won in the 16-17 and 17-18 when they won those Stanley Cups. You know, the Predators, they got to the Stanley Cup with Pekka, Pekka Rinne as their goalie. Like, do the Devils have someone like that that can, you know, carry them to a Stanley Cup like that? That's why it's like Vanishek, he can definitely get you to the playoffs. He can probably even win you a series or two, but can he make, is he good enough to get you to that point? Time will tell. Yeah. So I think I look at Stanley Cup and uh, when, I, when John's asking, like, can they make a deep run? I look at their goaltending. Uh, do I think, and I wonder, do they have a goalie who's, I guess, borderline like top five? Um, that they don't have that, get, no. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I look at. Yeah. But that that's also something that's like, that's also like a known thing, right? Like we, we knew going into the season, we didn't have a top five goalie in the league. Um, I thought we definitely thought we had better depth than what we're seeing right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I agree with that too. I think people were kind of maybe expecting Blackwood to, or at least hoping Blackwood would bounce back this season too. So but he hasn't. But yeah, I think the depth scoring is a good one too. Like if they're having, if they can get another score, I think that would really help for this season even. Yeah, and 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 I know you mentioned rental, but I would so much love to just get someone like Timo, where you have some control over him, and 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 you know you might have to give up more assets, which is fine. But if you lock him a power forward like him into that lineup um, at that age too, that just seems like the perfect fit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one. So, All right, uh, one, all right more, one, one more. more. Here we yeah. go. All right, so this is a good one from uh, Friends of the Podcast. I've been on many uh, time. Uh, the Let's Go Devil. I've been on the Let's Go Devils podcast many times. But uh, Pucks and Pitchforks asks, if the Devils get, say, 94 points this season, but they miss the playoffs after their tour start, what do you do? 
excuse me, with the head coach position, um, obviously. This is, I wanted to touch on this because I think this is going to become a hot topic as the season winds down here. You know, if they, they let's if they get ninety four points and they miss the playoffs, I think it's pretty easy for me. You have to make the switch to Andrew Burnett, but it's not like I don't think it's going to be that easy in a decision for the front office. Like ninety four points, considering where they were last season, is a huge jump in the standings. And that's tough for me, but I think you have to move on to Andrew Burnett uh, and just kind of move forward with the. A younger coach. I think you look at how the Florida Panthers. A, a good argument for this is you look at how the Florida Panthers were last season compared to this, and there's some weird issues going on with the Panthers where they just can't score goals and get saves anymore. But because their five on five numbers are not terrible, but they certainly were not. They're not what they were with under Brunette last season. And you kind of look at like they could go from being Presidents Trophies winners to missing the playoffs and not having their first round pick. So. Yeah, I think you have to make the switch to Burnett if they miss the playoffs, even if it's just by like one or two points. I argue you even have to get rid of him if you lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I think that's um, so. That's so the way I see I this, so the, so the way I see this, and and I'll do this and listen. Do I think that the players on this team are comparable to where I'm about to make this comparison? But I almost see this as a Mark Jackson. Golden State Warriors type situation, right? It's not a bad comparison. You have a really young, talented core, right, that is looking to make that next step. And I think that year they lost in the first or second round of the playoffs. They made some noise, right? Right, Like they they arrived on the scene, right? And I think we can all agree the Devils have arrived on the scene, but are they here to stay? And I don't think Ruff is the coach that makes them there to stay. And I think that's where you make the move from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr, where you make the move from Lindy Ruff to to Andrew Burnett. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think if they lose in the first round and say like it's even bad, like a five game loss or something like that, I think you know Andrew Burnett takes over. And like Burnett's gonna get. So the thing is, if you want to have Burnett as your head coach, he's gonna get interview opportunities and i think he may have even he's probably the number one target for the canucks at this point he's gonna be the number one target for a lot of teams so like and if the Devils maybe even him, the panthers right come back down that would be hilarious i'm sure he wouldn't do it i'm sure he'd be like you know f off but um yeah i mean i think when they hired Burnett as an assistant and you know they didn't say he was like an assistant coach they said he's associate coach which is a little bit of a different title than you see sometimes on assistant come that was almost like when they put fits on the bench with Hines. Yeah, a little. Uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. So like, a little know, different, very different. But uh, I just thought that was an incredibly weird situation too. It's like he was your babysitter for the night. Yeah, it's like when they hired Burnett and they said, you know, they're hiring him as associate coach. It's like, uh, you kind of see the writing on, not the writing well, on the wall. And the other thing is, the is you, you could see the Devils are playing Florida Panthers hockey from last season. They, yeah, it's a little, they definitely play a little different than they were last year. Like when it comes, especially when they're doing some stuff stuff off the forecheck in the cycle. And, and the I know the power play isn't where we want it, but it's still better. And they oh, yeah, are scoring. Yeah, and they're scoring yeah. on it, and they're and they're gaining momentum off of it. Dougie looks super comfortable up there, and Jack and Jesper on the wings. You know, and you know, you really just need to figure out the fifth position on the power play because I don't know if that's Tatar, Mercer, or Bastion, but someone. But yeah, it seems like it is clicking at a decent rate. Yeah, and you know, like you you can read between the lines here when they kind of like name Brunette as associate coach. It's kind of like oh, he's sort of the head coach in waiting here. He's going to take over at some point. Um, 
so I think, yeah, I mean, especially if they miss the playoffs, I don't think it's that hard a decision. But even like a, like you said, a first round loss, I think you probably have to make the switch. And, you know, Lindy can stay with the organization if he wants, like in a front office role. Uh, if that's something he wants, I'm, you know, you could do that, too. But I think you'd have to make the switch at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I that that's where I'm at. I, th- I see this team as. It's tough because I also don't see Lindy as the the real reason that they're not, you know, the wagon that we thought they were in the beginning. Oh, yeah, no, of the I don't think he, like I don't think he's not the, the issue here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I at a certain point, I think with so many losses with this organization, you know, a new a new voice definitely might help. Yeah, and you know, not promoting Burnett to head coach and then having him just kind of go tear it up with another team next season, you just that's something they could end up regretting down the road too. So yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I don't know if we've seen it before, but you know, I think the devils have always, they haven't had that, that premier head coach for a while. Um, and, and hopefully now, um, brunette can, can turn into that. Yeah. So, you know, he's young in terms of, well, that's the other thing. We, we've talked about this too. He, he's a young guy that played in the league, right? And yeah. th- th- he's able to relate to the players. Ruff did play in the league, but he played in the league 40 years ago. So, yeah. Um, that was just playing here like in the late or the early like 2010s, I think, even, right? He, he, didn't he play with Fitzgerald? He did, yeah, in Nashville. Yeah. So that's, you know. I could see I could see Burnett getting elevated and Ruff just you know going up into the you know some sort of hockey operations role. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that concluded for questions here because we're running at like an hour. And this a half is our longest pod to date. Yeah. So shout out to everyone that submitted questions. We'll get to the rest of them next week if they're still relevant. Um, yeah. We do have a big week ahead, and we kind of touched on it, and I don't think we need to do any more. No. Than yeah, that. we talked about it a lot. So, yeah, uh, we got uh, Red Wings on Wednesday. We have the Blues at home on Thursday. And then a matinee special with the Hudson River rivalry uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock. We'll look to record again uh, back on normal schedule on Sunday. Does that work for you, uh, Yeah, I'm going to be good Sunday night, yeah. All right, cool. Um, Let's – why don't you remind everyone where we can find you on the internet? Yeah, so you can find me at Alex C underscore THW on Twitter. Um, I write for the Hockey Writers. If you're not familiar by now, you're just starting to listen to podcasts now. And also for Infernal Access, um, which is Todd Cordell's Substack, um, where you can read my stuff as well. Yeah, and and, and I know we have um, mailbag-specific episodes, but if there are questions that um, you guys have and want to submit them, Alex is your place to go or the uh, Twitter handle for the show. Um, and we'll, we'll try and get to them each week if, um, as best as we can. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds good to me. All right. Fantastic. Well, that is a wrap uh, on the longest episode in Devil Rush history, Devils on the Rush history. Picking 2023 off with a bang. Yeah. Well, we, we owed it to the listeners for taking a little bit of a break. But uh, yeah, thank you again for listening. I hope everyone had a happy and healthy holidays big week ahead for the devils so uh with that being said let's go devils let's go devils